So when I was uh, in high school, and I think I think we all have, even in middle school, high school, um, we all have a sense right when you meet somebody, oh, we could be friends. Um, I don't know what it is. It's probably a, a, a collection of things that I'm uh, that are just normal, and some things I'm probably not proud of. But it's just there's there's a sense when you meet somebody, oh, I I could be friends with this person. And then there's also a sense, like you probably have a hundred different red flags that make you say, no, not any Um And maybe it's they stand too close to you. I don't know if you remember the sitcom Seinfeld. There was a sitcom called Seinfeld. Not many people heard of it. I think it was on the CW. Uh, it, it had a, uh, what? Did that confuse you? We'll move on. But it had, um, Basically, it was this group of friends, and they and people kept trying to come, and they was like, "Oh, he's a close talker. He's a um, they they they're they're two faced, you know. Like there was one person that every time you looked at them, they looked differently, and you just kind of were startled. Um, But maybe, and I I know I set that off for other people too. I'm pretty sure because I was kind of a little kid who like I just learned like weird things. And so people are like, you want to play football? I'm like, well, I don't know. If, have you seen me work these nunchucks? You know, like, have you seen me? That's real. That's a real story. You want to see a magic trick? No? All right, I'll see you later. I had a friend of mine call me one time. He was over at this big youth rally, and he said, Benjamin, you're really going to like the guy we've got coming to entertain the kids at the youth rally. And I thought, well, is it me? He said, I didn't ask him that. He said, it's a juggler. And I was a little offended. Because what what vibe do I give off that people assume I like jugglers? (laughs) Why was he like, Benjamin's going to love this guy? But also, I also thought, can't wait to see that juggler. <laughs> it wasn't a false vibe. I just didn't know it was. I was giving it off. I just love little interesting stuff like that. So I, I probably there were some groups of people who did certain things. I wasn't invited to their their sleepovers uh, because I was weird, and I set off alarms for them. They're like, I can't be friends with that guy. He talks too much about. Saturday Night Live, and my parents don't even let me watch that. I, and so, but we had these weird little circles, and they're a part of our story, and all these other people are kind of these subsidiary characters in our story, and we just can't, we, we have a hard time figuring out who's going to be in our story. Or who's just going to be like, can they walk alongside me or not? And, that's really sad for us. Because when heaven is described, there's all sorts of people there. I, I love, I've only been to New York City once and I really, really loved it because I didn't know what language people were speaking. 
No, like there was a, most of the time I can I can pick out a language. I, I'm decent enough with languages that I can say, oh, well, that's this language or that language just by hearing it. But like sometimes I'm like, I didn't even know those sounds were made. There's clicks and stuff, and you know, and I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if that's Aborigines, but there's there's all there's like all sorts of stuff, and like they're they're everyone's just so different. They're just so different. It was so neat. And then I'd come home and I'd say, that's fit. You should go to New York City. Everyone's so different. And everyone would go, I don't know, too many languages. I'm like, you hey, I got some surprises for you. In heaven, all languages. Like, they're, they're from every nation, every tribe, every language. They're going to be praising God. And like, our little storylines aren't going to be accommodated. Our own little like groups, our own little friends uh, section, that's that's going to be out the window. And so sometimes it's hard to like, I don't want I don't really know if they get to be a part of my story. But if Jesus is your new story, you don't get to choose who's a part of your story. Because whoever's in front of you, you are now you are I am loving them. I don't get to ignore people. I don't get to look down on people. But I really wrestle with that because my my instincts fire off like, oh, no, nope, nope. They are standing way too close to me. My, my, My safety bubble is real big. And maybe you feel that way too. Maybe there's a certain type and you can't like explain it but like some, you just run into someone and you, and you think, oh no. Or like you go into the Walmart checkout lines and you are, um, you're, you think, I don't know, I'm not going to that one. There's a reason your line's empty. Or maybe you're just a sociopath and it's like, I'm going to let this robot do it. I ain't talking to a human. That's what I do. But maybe, maybe you, have some barriers that you're very aware of only when people are crossing them, only when they're trying to walk alongside of you and you and you think, no, this ain't happening. No. And then the story of Jesus shows up and from the very beginning challenges every single one of our barriers. Every single one of them. Uh, the first uh, telling of people who people who were told about the story of Jesus. I've got I've got three people to tell about this very important news. Who am I going to go tell? Well, I, I guess I'll go to the radio station. I'll go to the newspaper. I'll go to a a, a, a super important person in the community, Scott Loveless. I'll go. I'll tell him. In the summer, really, like Scott sees everybody. But I'm gonna, I, I, if I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick people that people know and people respect. But there were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. All right, pause there. There, there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Okay, at, at night. Shepherds, shepherds, 
It's just one of the worst jobs to be a shepherd. Um, Don and Stacy can tell you that sheep don't listen to you. Um, they're not. They're not bright. <laughs> Don and Stacy, right? <laughs> they're not smart. Uh, they, they, and it's dangerous because they're they're so edible, guys. Sheep are edible. Um, by, by, and, and they're, they're easy prey. They're easy prey. They'll just run into a tree, you know, and then the, the wolf can get them. And so when you're watching, it's, it's scary to watch sheep during the day because you're having to watch all the, all the places, um, that, that attacks might come from. At night, it's even scarier because the sheep are sleeping. They're easier prey. It's darker. You can't see anything. And typically, if you've, if you've corralled them in the fields, you have to lay down in the only opening in the culvert and become, um, the gate for them. That's when Jesus says, I am the gate. Um, he's talking about a shepherding tactic. Uh, so whenever, um, He's not talking about like a big fancy ornate gate in a, a, a walled off uh, home encampment. Those are called neighborhoods, aren't they? I just called it a home encampment. <laughs> so uh, he is, this is super dangerous. Who would take this job? Oh, well, it's probably really high paying. Nope. It's the people on the lowest of low of the lowest of low people. This is the, this is entry level life job. And there's no working your way up from it. This isn't a place where you can work really hard and then get day shepherd. You're night shepherd because your dad was a night shepherd. And we understand that that's what your family is. And you are, you are low ranking in society. And this king is born in a, in a manger. And an angel shows up to some shepherds. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Your, your adrenaline's usually probably a little high anyway, watching sheep at night. And then, um, Something that can kill you shows up. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news or I bring you gospel that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Like (laughs) At this point, if I'm a night shepherd, I'm going, "That's, that's fantastic. We're night shepherds. We're like, isn't there a senator you can tell? I'm a night shepherd. Like, I, I don't. Today in the town, a savior has been born. Not just been born. They say it has been born to you. He is the Messiah or the promised king, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby. Wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Notice it doesn't say, go tell somebody important. It says, go see him. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths 
lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest of heavens, in the highest heavens and on earth, uh, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. We've got shepherds in a field, poor, not high-ranking, not respected shepherds are told about Jesus. They're the first on board. We've got Mary, who's 13, 14 at the most. Pregnant. Out of wedlock. Joseph. Ashamed. Pregnant before marriage. Wife. And then shepherds. Who does God value? And I don't think God's value system really matches up to the hierarchies we create. Because he starts with shepherds. And then some guys show up who have figured it out on their own from the stars. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, um, that's pronounced, three wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Sorry, I have a cold. <coughs> I'm trying not to do that in the mic. I'm trying not to do it at all. But if I get to talking like this, it's just... <coughs> all right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I reckon y'all better turn to Jesus. Mm -hmm. All right. I've never seen that movie, but I made I made, did that voice in college, and they were like, "You sound like Sling Blade." <laughs> I was like, "All right, um, I reckon I'm gonna kill you." Mm -hmm. All right, <laughs> you Bethlehem and land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now, did you catch it the very first? out of the east. These guys, so we got poverty stricken, but we got poor folk. And then we've got foreigners who show up to worship. So far, we've got a, a pretty good collected list of others. People who aren't me. People who, if we saw them, I would say, I, I, they're probably not walking alongside me in Benjamin's story. But the gospel writers are pretty intent on telling you 
There are some people who worshipped Jesus first, and it wasn't the church folk. It wasn't the religious. There are, there are some people who are, who are coming up, walking alongside the story of the Messiah first, and it wasn't who you thought. It was the poor. It was the foreigner. It was the other. And when it finally came around to being the people that, uh, that, that you might consider, like, oh, let's find a prophet. It was the ones on their way out. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the, whole, by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of, of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. You notice how he phrased that? Which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, the everybody else's, the others. The other nations is how that's translated. Gentiles is just the word nations. And the glory of your people, Israel. Now, that's fantastic. Yes, glory of the people of Israel. The people on the inside aren't kicked out. The people on the inside aren't invited. I mean, aren't uninvited. They're, they're, they're absolutely welcome. But we've got foreigners and we've got poor people and we've got, uh, we've, we, we've, even the prophets are saying, this, this is what's happening. The Messiah has come. He's going to be a light to the Gentiles. You have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for revelation to the Gentiles. We are going to start inviting the people that the people who are already here don't want us inviting. The glory of your people, Israel. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So she got married um, Probably around 13, 7 years, 20. So she's, she's a widow for 64 years. Which is a long time. Um, especially in a culture where women who aren't married aren't valued. She's very old. She had lived with her husband 7 years and after her marriage. Um, and then a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She, this, these prophets aren't like, aren't like the prophets of, of the, the most exciting prophets. This is this old man and this widow, this widow who'd been widowed for, for, for over half a century. And when you're widowed, you're unvalued. You have no money. Look at the types of people that God saw fit 
to reveal the Messiah to. Who are we looking to bring to our church? To bring the gospel to? The answer isn't, well, okay, just um, really poor people and um, foreigners and people who are oppressed and um, looked down upon. The answer is not that. But if the answer doesn't include that, it's not a sufficient answer. If the answer doesn't include, I'm going... Everybody who is seeking Jesus can seek Jesus with me. Everybody who's looking for salvation can find it alongside me. One of one of my dear friends um, who has she's passed away. Um, she was uh, when I Miss Annie. She was in her um, in her eighties. But I think she always told people she was in her 90s because you get you get more respect that way. Miss Annie was so sweet. Um, she uh, we the church um, bought her groceries. We kind of had a fund for her and said, "Go get your groceries." Well, the the, the grocery store there in town would 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 take care of it for Miss Annie. Um, and the grocery store one time called me, and uh, I'm sorry, if Miss Annie's listening to my sermon alongside Jesus right now. I'm, I apologize for telling them this. They called me and they said, ah, Pastor Neely. And I was like, I am not. I didn't say that. I, didn't. I said, I, yeah. And they said, we have Miss Annie here. and She's not happy. I said, okay. She, she, wants, she wants to put some, some chewing tobacco on the church's tab. And I said, well, go go ahead, I guess. I mean, cause she, I mean, if you're in, if you're close to 90, I'm not fighting you on anything. (laughs) Because you're going to get to argue your case for a lot longer to God before I am. So I don't, there's a dispute. I don't want you having his ear for longer. I said, yeah, that's fine. Miss Annie, uh, I was Miss Annie's, uh, call on her. She had a little, she had a little, um, help I'm falling. I can't get up button. And, um, it was around her. Uh, but she also had a, a, a box on, on her, um, near, near her couch. Um, and the box is, that box had a button, but it's also a box that, um, and it called, called the, uh, the, the ambulance, um, the police station. I think the, the fire station, the uh, uh, local uh, lifeguards, and all, and me. Just called. Everyone just showed up at her house, and I, I got a call. And Rachel can tell you, um, several times at like 2.30 um, at night, like I'd get this call, and it would be like, hey, uh, this is Life Alert. Uh, Annie Meacham is, uh, has um, fallen, and she's just signal, and we can't reach her. She's asleep. And she, she had sense enough to take that necklace off, lasso, I was saying lasso, lasso off. And she had sense enough to take it off, but her cat didn't have sense enough not to step on the button in the living room. 
I took Miss Annie to go get her driver's license renewed at, I think, 88, which is a sin. <laughs> I committed a sin for Miss Annie. She went in there and they, you know, you got to put your, you, you, they had the thing where, you know, they have motion detect sensors now, so you could just stick your head in there and it would light up, but they make you push it with your forehead to read the letters. And she stuck her chin on it and pushed and just stared into the blankness. The lady like grabbed her head and put it in place. Miss Annie said, oh, okay. And that lady, she said, okay, you need to read the letters. She said, Four. And the lady said, Miss Annie, there's only there's only gonna be letters. And she sat there she sat there for and I've never seen a more a more miraculous occasion. She sat there for a solid ten seconds and then just rattled them off. Like speaking in tongues, saying letters, and uh the lady the lady testing her went, Oh wow, yes. The lady actually said, it's a miracle. And, <laughs> and Miss Annie said, Miss Annie said, praise God. <laughs> and then we let that woman drive around. But I remember when I sat, was sitting in Miss Annie's living room when she was telling me about going around the South with her, with her husband, who was a preacher. And, how many people they baptized on this campaign or that campaign. And they had, they had so many people to baptize one time that they had to use a, uh, a, a local church there. And they went to this local church and they said, hey, can we use your baptistry? And they called a meeting, you know, because churches can't make decisions sometimes. And then the, the preacher came back to Miss Annie and, uh, to Miss Annie's husband and said, uh, you, yes. You can use our baptistry because we can wash it out afterward. And they said that because Miss, Miss Annie was black and they were baptizing a black man. And she just sat there at 84 remembering something from when she was in her late 20s and just cried. Because somebody alongside Miss Annie claimed they were following Jesus but also claimed they were superior to someone else at the same time. And racism is antithetical to the path of Jesus. Putting someone as an other is saying is is absolutely against what Jesus says. And it, from the very announcement, we have we have foreigners with different skin than us white people. We have shepherds with different skin. We have a Jesus with different skin. And we're called to take people that aren't like us and hold hands with them specifically because Jesus has called us to grab the other and love them and walk forward with them. It is... It is our call. And if, if that hasn't been your practice, make yourself uncomfortable this week. Make yourself 
get into a get into a place where you you're walking along somebody you wouldn't have because Jesus has called everybody to his kingdom. And he's called you. Some people feel like they've made too many mistakes or maybe they just don't fit in at church, but God help us if we create a church that makes people feel like they don't fit in. If we've, if we've constructed a barrier around the table, if we've constructed a barrier around worship, God help us. We will not fare well. Jesus is calling us to kingdom work today to either join the kingdom or walk in it. And we have, we have got to choose today whether this today is the first day we join the kingdom. Do you want to join the kingdom of God today in Jesus' name, in the power of the Spirit? Do you want to join the kingdom of God? Or do you need to repent of maybe you said you joined the kingdom of God, but then you didn't walk in the same way of the kingdom? Maybe you need to repent. And then walk with us. With anybody who will walk. With anybody who will worship. With anybody who's seeking, we will lead. Jesus said, knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you will find. And for a lot of our history, the church, American church especially, well, the American church too has been not opening doors that were knocked on and not helping people find what they're seeking. We will constantly be aware of that as we follow the kingdom of God this week or as you join the kingdom of God today. Whatever you need, please come forward while we stand and sing.